several mentions have been made, and today we just want to look ahead to 2024 and share our, our theme for the upcoming year. So, congregation focus on this, and as um, also has been, uh oh, it's uh, yep. now it is. Thank you, Ryan. Um, the 2024 congregational theme. And we've always sung this song. We've always shared this idea with other people. And, and, and what we often ask the question is, is thy heart right with God? And thy being the old English word for your. And so... The reality is, we're asking the question, is your heart right with God? And what we work together to, uh, Nolan and I and Ryan talked about it, and, and we want to focus on turning this internally. Instead of asking the question, is your heart right with God? That we want to focus on is my heart right with God? Is my heart right with God? So, if I leave you with nothing else today, I'd like you to sort of commit this question to memory. Does my heart hold and express the two greatest commandments? You don't leave with anything else, I've succeeded today. So I'm going to work on that a little bit here. Well, what are the two greatest commandments? Pretty familiar, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This Pharisee comes to ask Jesus this. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The question is, where is my heart? So why am I talking about this? Why are we talking about this? Most people have flown commercially, probably, on an airline. And you've heard the speech prior to taking off, and you hear this, in the unlikely event that the cabin should lose pressure, you know, these oxygen masks are going to fall down from the ceiling. And the instruction is, especially if you're traveling with a small child, you need to care for yourself first. Get that mask on and make sure it's working before you try to help someone else. Because you can't help someone or be effective if you're passed out cold in the seat. And I like this analogy. Because if we're not healthy, if our heart isn't in the right place, then how can we be of help to someone else? Is my heart 
truly in the right place to help others. That's why we're talking about this. Another reason that we're talking about this is we don't want said of the North Church of Christ what was said of the church at Ephesus with Jesus. We don't want this on Judgment Day. Revelation chapter 2, it says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false, persevered, and endured in hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how you have fallen, repent, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You want us to be aware of that first love. And I want it to be solid and pure. The reason that I wanted to talk about this, is this what sounding forth the word looks like to you? Does this resemble your approach to teaching someone God's word? You know, this dynamic is probably one of the biggest obstacles for any number of people we try to bring to Christ. Rather than sound forth the word and let God give the increase, let God do the changing, many self-described Christians, they, they're pummeling their subjects with their self-righteousness and their judgment, preaching the word of God. But their heart is absolutely not in the right place. Jesus warned us of this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Let's take a look at the meaning of the heart. So uh, Ryan has mentioned recently, and uh, he's introduced me to this new study software, Logos. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. And um, so... I've, I've taken Logos and I've, and I've studied the word heart and looked at the original Hebrew meeting, uh, consulted some other sources, but uh, the word, the original Hebrew word that's translated heart 
ultimately means one's inner self. The interesting thing is, more literally, it, it referred to the guts, the intestines and all the slimy stuff inside. You know, imagine Solomon's language would have basically expressed the sentiment to his true love in the Song of Solomon that I love you with my guts. It doesn't sound real romantic, so I think the English, we've, we've turned it to something else and we've called it heart. But, you know, it, it, you, you get the term gut feeling from this. Trying to express what the heart really is. Uh, the same Hebrew word then is translated these other ways. Inclination, disposition, determination, courage, will, intention attention, consideration, and reason. And those are uh, sort of synonymous with the overall view. But what the heart is, is it's the deepest part of me. It, it's the, the, the very depths. I don't know how else to try to describe it. It's what is at my core, we often say. This isn't emotion, even though emotion can be tied to it. This is character. This is what drives you. This is who you are. Go a little further, and I just, I'm going to read this to you, and I just shared this just to let someone else express to you heart. According to the Bible, the heart is the center not only of spiritual activity, but all the operations of human life. Heart and soul are often used interchangeably. And you see some references to verses here, but it says that this is not generally the case. They aren't interchangeable. The heart is the home of the personal life. And hence a man is designated according to his heart, wise, pure, upright and righteous, pious and good, etc. In these and such passages, the word soul could not be substituted for heart. We see the distinction here. The heart is also the seat of the conscience. It is naturally wicked, and hence it contaminates the whole life and character. Hence, the heart must be changed, regenerated, before a man can willingly obey God. I've been in sales most of my adult professional life, and this is one truth that I learned a very, very long time ago. People don't buy what you sell. They buy what you believe. And when we are talking about our Lord and we are sounding forth the word, people will see right through us. If we don't believe what it is we're sharing. If my heart's not in the right place, it's going to be very difficult to convince someone else. Again, if I don't leave you with anything else today, 
let's commit this and ask ourselves, does my heart hold and express the two greatest commandments? Ever heard this sort of joke that uh, around the house that rule number one is that mom is always right. And rule number two is if there's ever any doubt, refer back to rule number one. True, yeah? Mom's not happy, ain't nobody happy. So let's look at it in a different way, and that's in the context of the two greatest commandments. If I don't truly love my neighbor, then refer back to number one. It's a heart issue. Is my heart right and is it reflecting this mace, these two commandments? We're called to make disciples. And I believe it's difficult, if not impossible, to do that if we're not truly a disciple of ourselves. Here's what I must understand about God. What His holiness really means. You see, God is holy. I don't know if you can read that. Hopefully that's large enough. It doesn't look like the print's very big, but that the Hebrew meaning and the expression of the word holy is really the opposite of uncommon. We often talk about set apart and those other things, and those are true. But in reference to God, it's saying that God is the opposite of ordinary. That you can't get a, a wider gap. It's infinite, the gap between ordinary and God. And in Isaiah's vision that he writes... We see the same thing in Revelation. We see the seraphim say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. He's saying he's not just the opposite of ordinary. He's the opposite, 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 opposite of ordinary. That's how opposite of ordinary he is. And we just can't wrap our mind around that sometimes, but we need to. We need to understand how holy and how magnified that holiness is. Part of that is, I read a book by a man named Chip, Chip Ingram, and I like this. I like this thought that he had. It's what you think about God shapes your whole relationship with him. In addition, what you believe God thinks about you determines how close you will grow toward him. Where's your heart? Is your heart right with God? Is my heart right with God? Again, if I do not leave you with anything else today, the big idea, does my heart hold and express the two greatest commandments? You see, this Pharisee came to Jesus and asked him, what's the greatest commandment? 
It's interesting that Jesus added a commandment in his response. He didn't just give him one, he gave him two. He was teaching that if you have number one right, then two is going to happen on its own. It will be an outflow. It has to follow as a result. We're taught in a number of different ways that very principle. You can easily go back and talk about the discussion of faith and works, right? Without faith, or faith without works is dead. Show me a man with faith and I'll show you a man with works. They're tied together. And Jesus says, if you love God, if I love God with all of my heart, all of my soul and all of my mind, that I can't help but to love humanity and to do everything I can to serve. They're, they're tied together. Look at the opposite of good things that flow out of us. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Partly what Jesus was talking about is stop worrying about the show. The stuff, the rituals, the practices. I'm more concerned about what's going on in here. And if we refer back to new old rule number one, that mom is always right, we'll understand that if our heart's right, the other stuff's going to follow. It will just be natural. But if that is our focus, and not the internal, not the heart, not the seat of my conscience, it won't matter. Where do these evil thoughts come from? They come from the heart. Our core, our innermost being, and it needs to change. So the application. Um, Ryan will undoubtedly help us throughout the year to expand this thinking a lot more, to talk about the heart. I know Jeff has a lesson that I think he'd like to share with us as well about is my heart right with God? There are many, many lessons and applications that we can learn, and I could keep you here all day, but I'm not going to. Uh, we'll take this, but take, take these things away. Here's what the heart should do. Love God. It's with all your heart, and with all your mind, and all your soul. Trust God. And lean not on your own understanding, it says. Jeremiah, we see the instruction to seek God. It says, if we're seeking with a pure heart, we will find him. 
God will make sure of it. And then finally, to serve God. Number two comes from number one. It just happens. And it happens in the right way. The big idea, does my heart hold and express the two greatest commandments? As we go through 2024, and as we continue to sound forth the word, let's not set it aside. We continue to sound forth the word. I intend to ask myself every day, is my heart? right with God. I end the lesson with a plea for myself. Create in me a pure heart of God and renew a steadfast spirit within me.